This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Hello and welcome to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and today I'm joined by Lim Jackkin, who is a podcaster and an arts reviewer. Thanks for joining me today, Jack. Hey, happy to be here. So today um, we are reviewing an online exhibition called Constructing Worlds. It essentially is a project that um, is centered around this idea of world building, but particularly reimagining the Malay archipelago or the Nusantara. And it uses uh, primarily three different themes to do this with various visual and literary um, and even video um, elements online. So they have three themes, fact and fiction, past and future, and somewhere and nowhere. And really, it presents this idea of an, an exhibition in, in many different ways. So there are, as I said earlier, there are visual elements. There are also workshops and online events that you can participate in. Uh, there's a Discord chat room. Then there's the Instagram page, which is quite an interesting, lively thing. There's a Facebook page. So really, in, in that sense, they do try and really own that digital space that they sit in. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that they 100% succeeded in everything they did. Um, but overall, for me, this was interesting more than lasting. Hmm. Could you elaborate on that? Lasting in the sense that I don't know whether a month, two months, six months from now, I will be looking back and saying, hey, you know, that in online exhibition I watched, I, I experienced, you know, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I don't think so. However, I feel like there was enough here that I want to kind of follow. And if these, uh, the, the creators in this do more things and expand on the themes that they're exploring here, I'd happily engage with them. Yeah, I think it serves very much like, a bit of a crossroads because for anyone who like doesn't know, it's kind of separated into these three big exhibitions, right? And they're very, very discreet. They're kind of siloed. They don't have too much to do with each other, which um, whether or not that's a good or a bad thing is subjective, I think. Um, I think in a month, I will definitely be thinking about some of these creators because they introduce me to people or concepts or like folkloric things that I didn't even know existed. And that's something I'm grateful for. And that's something I found really interesting. But as a whole, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to ruminate on what this exhibition is trying to say. And part of that is because I don't, I don't know what exactly they're trying to say. I'm not sure if they do a lot of work in making that clear. And I'm, and of the things that they do seem to say, or at least seem to endorse, I'm not sure if I agree. Oh, interesting. Well, I, I do want to get back to that. But before before we move too far, I wanted to just run through the people who are involved. So uh, Constructing Worlds is curated by Rebecca Yeo and Clarissa Lim um, and features those those three main pillars. Essentially, Fact and Fiction is by um, Centaur Games. That is made up of Mankao and ZXU. And Past and Future is by Hassanul Ishraf Idris. And Somewhere to Nowhere is by Note Skill. Now, what didn't you agree with? Well, okay, so here's the thing about Know to Scale, especially. The exhibition that they prepared, Somewhere to Nowhere, it just seemed like the artist statement was kind of, I'm not sure what it was trying to say, this idea that um, we have a past somewhere. There's like a geographical past that's being lost. There's an undetermined future that's not tied to any geopolitical space, and that's lost. So 
what they try to do is cram a web page full of different visual audio and like written elements to try to create a new space. I'm just not sure how I feel about some of the premises that they engage on. Like I have a quote here that I wrote down. Like they talk about lands that predate nation states and boundaries, lands not bounded by race and geopolitical powers. But the thing that they use to represent that is, uh, you know, a British colonial like viewpoint of Malaya of like pre, I guess, yeah, pre-Malaysia, the Malay archipelago, right? And I don't know if like anyone else knows or if they know or if they're trying to avoid the fact that 19th century Malaya was an extremely political place. It was not uh, unbounded by nation states. It was very much the site of an ongoing colonial project. And the the botanist whose view they kind of center this exhibit around, or at least that forms a large part of it. Alfred, she, La- Alfred Russell Wallace. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a cool guy. He seems, you know, relatively socially progressive for his time. Um, but at the same time, just the fact that we are centering our view of Malaya through the lens of this person who was there only because he was in a position of colonial authority is taking me out a bit. And also like, you know, I'm a Chinese man whose family was not here in the time period Alfred Russell Wallace was here. This is not technically my geopolitical past. That's so interesting because for me, the somewhere and nowhere was probably the most interesting aspect of this whole project. Um, and and I completely see where you're coming from in terms of the colonial viewpoint. But for me, it almost felt like what they were doing was that exactly that idea of somewhere and nowhere, right? Like juxtapositioning um, these uh, botany notes and, and um, also an entire sort of Instagram page dedicated to Alfred Russell Wallace's um, findings and his book, The Malay Archipelago, um, but then juxtaposing that and almost interrupting that narrative with uh, images and videos. And there were these really lovely sketches that have been made into um, moving series of images with with, um, sound and you kind of hear the sounds of nature. And so for me, it almost felt like it was contrasting um, the existing with the imposed. Um, And so I I found that interesting. Um, I also liked how that particular project, they they had these, um, there was this one video that is essentially Gamelan music from Jogjakarta. Uh, and so, so these little bits like that, for me, it felt like they were like, interrupting that narrative. Um, and, and to be fair, I will say that I, I am, while aware of the colonial legacy, um, I am also a little bit of a fan of Alfred Russell Wallace, which might be why I was a little, um, I was interested that they chose to go down that path. But then that brings me back to the question of why use any of this, right? Why botany? Why Alfred Russell Wallace? Um, And some of the challenges with this project actually comes down to that, that there are a lot of interesting, and I mean the whole project, there are a lot of interesting things that are presented. um, and And I was left with a lot of whys. Why why this approach? Why do it like this? What's the connection? Um, and unlike unlike something that I think is a little bit more cohesive, which you go away with a solid idea of what they're trying to say, um, across all three projects, I kept trying to get a hook on what they're trying to say and I couldn't. Yeah, I think 
part of that, I think, is because of that imposition that you talk about. Uh, they deliberately insert, like you said, this sort of anachronistic uh, animation style, right, of very old looking images but then like suddenly a figure in that image starts moving but that animation looks like the kind of like monty python animations you <laughs> see from the 70s and it it's a really like visually stunning kind of thing I, I really enjoy it um also they linked to little uh diagrams of nuclear reactors and the hadron super collider uh in that web page and that's also another element of them interrupting it but mm, and creating this idea of a space that belongs to no one. I think that was the connection with uh, CERN in particular, right? As a, as yeah. a sort of universal space. Yeah. And that's the other half of where my disagreement with them. I'm just being very contrarian today. Uh, but I guess they, they, the artist statement went on to talk about how they were imposing this, this geographical past, this very grounded reality and history. And they were contrasting it with the future where, which they said was pushing us all into a homogenized identity because we were putting all of our identities online. And I think that's just a very simplistic way to view online interaction. Because, I mean, in my opinion, we are not heading into homogenized Malaysia at all. We're heading into a very deep, dark tribal warfare kind of era that's being exacerbated by all of these individual realities we create online. And I really would love to have seen this extremely online exhibition grapple with that in some ways. So that's something I really want to pick up on. Um, and, and we will do that after the break. But we're reviewing Constructing Worlds, which is an online exhibition that's currently happening until the 30th of May. Um, and I'm reviewing it with Lim Jackkin, who is a podcaster and an arts reviewer. Uh, let us know, have you been consuming online exhibitions? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with me, Sharmila. And joining me today for our review is Lim Jack Kim, podcaster and arts reviewer. So, we're reviewing Constructing Worlds, which is an online exhibition uh, that really does that, um, uses this idea of world building and world construction to reimagine the Nusantara in the Malay archipelago. So earlier we spoke about Somewhere and Nowhere by No to Scale. Um, and now I want to speak about Fact and Fiction, uh, which is by... Uh, Cento Games, made up of ZXU and Mankau. And really, um, Fact and Fiction is is sort of a, a peek into a much larger work that these two have been working on for a while, right? It's a it's um you know it's multiple things that make up a role playing game um you know there's zines and so on and all of them are around this idea of creating a um, fantasy slash reality merge of Malaya Nusantara's past. Um, I always enjoy this work and I think it's a little bit, I'm a little bit biased because I already know of this work. And so I think for me, any extra insight I get into this work is exciting. And that's part of the reason why I enjoyed that it was a part of this exhibition. I'm not sure though, if you had no frame of reference to understand this, that you would have gotten it. So I was not familiar with the work at all. This being my first engagement with it, I was really shocked. 
I was I really enjoyed it. Do you play a lot of adventure like role playing games? I don't. I don't. Um, so my engagement with uh, a thousand thousand islands, which is what this larger project is called, is a lot through the <clears throat> the zines and the stories that Zdeck has shared online. Yeah, I don't play. I mean, I play them sometimes, and I always have an incredible time. But you know, just consuming that content, playing with your friends, or or watching people online play it, listening to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast you do realize that the world building is essentially just variations on this kind of Eurocentric uh, fantasy world, medieval fantasy mythology. So seeing him, seeing Zidek and Mankao create this world with an entirely new frame of reference points, I thought was so exciting. It's, I mean, it is between fact and fiction. It draws elements of folklore. It's, it's as, historical as uh, to Southeast Asian history as uh, Dungeons and Dragons is historical to European or medieval English history, for example. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, that's a great comparison. Uh, yeah, I, I can totally see that. And and I loved, um, I love that you can sort of zoom in on the different uh, drawings and you can look at the, the names of each aspect that they've created. You can kind of move it around this little interactive space. Um, all of it was, it was really fun. And, and I think my criticism of of that part is really not so much a criticism of what's shown itself. Um, I think it's much more that I feel like I wanted a lot more. I wanted, um, I wanted this to be perhaps a little more complete onto itself rather than a taster of something else. Yeah, it definitely felt more like a sneak peek or a preview of something, which I guess, fair enough, zine writers got to eat, right? (laughs) But as an exhibition, I found it really interesting, but that was just my very, very subjective opinion because I spent like half an hour Googling a lot of the names and I figured, I, I found out that corpse honey, for example, was a real thing. And in the zine, it's a magical object that you use to heal yourself and you harvest it from zombies. But in real life, it's this like very strange um, substance that was made from people who consumed honey until they died. And then you, it had magical healing properties. And uh, so I went down on a very deep kind of Southeast Asian mythology his, um, rabbit hole. And that was interesting. But just as an exhibition itself... It suffered from just not having much interactivity, not having too much material to look around and explore, and also a kind of, just technically and visually, I think it could have been better executed. Like the background kind of clashed with the little images that you had. If you had a, if you had a background that maybe just contrasted better, you know, just these little nitpicky things that ended up taking away from the experience for me. So I think that was across the board, right? I I felt like across the board, it could have all of the all of the different aspects could have looked a lot better, particularly for a project that's meant to be digital and meant to be consumed. Um, well, on your laptop, I think is the is the best way. I don't think this works on a mobile very well at all. Yeah, I've tried that. You cannot. But it did get me thinking about this idea of a rabbit hole because that's so unique to the online space. And as you mentioned it, I I wondered whether um, perhaps that's exactly how you're supposed to treat fact and fiction in that they are meant to send you on your own little chase or, or research as a side 
venture while you're going through this. And I, I kind of like that as a concept because that's exactly what people do online. And I think that works. Um, yeah. I wanted to get very quickly to the final project, which we which we didn't talk about yet. And, and that's past and future. This one for me was actually interesting because it's the most, I think it's the closest to what I would call um, familiar digital stuff because it essentially looks like a series of GIFs um, that are both visual art and and also just stuff that you can, I don't know, now sell as NFTs, I suppose. Um, and, and it engages with this idea of Vision 2020, the idea of um, what what future we imagined for ourselves versus the idea of um, constructing that future and then destroying it. It entertained me. It got me thinking for a while. But again, it was one of those things where I definitely felt like I wanted more. Mm. It felt to me like the closest thing to a traditional exhibit. Mm. Um in the whole in the whole constructed worlds portfolio, I guess uh, I've definitely been to exhibits where there's a screen and it's playing an animation, and you're supposed to think and meditate on that and then move on. And that gave me the most, I guess, cohesive and tight feeling, which I appreciated. It inspired a very like deep sense of melancholy. Mm. I don't know if like I mean since 2018, right? But all of us have been feeling this weird sense of, man, things were supposed to be so much better than they are now. What happened? And uh, that was really powerful. I think the animations, it's a series of like three animations, right? And each of them are very, very abstract, very minimal use of color, but they're very striking and I enjoyed them a lot. And, he, and I think the artist statement, along with the curator statement, provided the closest and most just concise message that they were trying to get across. And I appreciated that because there's always, it's an area like this idea of nostalgia versus reality is always, there's always something to say about it. I think. You're right that I think um, I I said earlier that I was struggling with the why of almost every aspect of this project. Um, This probably came the closest to answering that question of why. Um, And that's because there there was an artist statement. The curator's field notes provided a lot more context to this project. Um, And then when you come back and look at these GIFs, and yes, it absolutely fits in with post-2018. We've just passed 2020 as well. And, and, you know, it was nothing like what they promised us it would be. Um, And so... Yes, I think that this very much is a work that could potentially work in a in an exhibition space as well as it does in a digital space. And that's interesting because um, it's interesting to me that that you can put these three things that essentially are so very different under one particular umbrella and this idea of constructing different worlds. I think what I'm trying to figure out is whether it achieves that aim, that aim of building realities or a different or a reimagining of what it means to be this region? It's an interesting question and something that I was thinking of as well. I think this idea of like, does it succeed at creating different worlds? I'm not sure. I think it's like a mirror gets shattered. Suddenly the world that we understand it to be has been broken down into different, different fragments. But there's not too many tools that a consumer or like a a viewer is given to construct the world with as it stands it feels kind of incomplete i 
I think I almost completely agree with that. I, it felt like an interesting journey down a path that hasn't quite reached where it is taking you. So you're kind of like, mm, okay, I, I kind of see what this is trying to do, um, but I'd like to know more. I'd like to have more and I'd like to understand more what this is, this is trying to say or, or, or create. And um, which is not a bad place to be, I think. And, and given that we are living in this sort of wildly experimental time when it comes to how to present art and how art works online, I, I, I would recommend this as, a, as an experience for people to go and kind of experience and get an idea of the different ways people are reimagining this. Um, but I would like to also see more cohesion and more thought put into um, creating these sorts of experiences, because at the end of the day, you are um, expecting people to spend their time and effort and energy um, going through this. And with so much content out there, I think it should be, it should be enough for you to take something. It, it should be enough for you to take more than just, I don't know, more than just this, perhaps. I, I want to be able to left to, I want to be left with more than this. We've been reviewing Constructing Constructing Worlds, which is an online exhibition that is happening until the 30th of May. If you're interested to check it out, um, just head on over to Linktree slash Constructing Worlds. Um, you can also check them out on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and there are a whole bunch of events and workshops coming up over the course of the next few weeks as well. And thank you, Jack, for reviewing this with me. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. So I've been doing this with Lim Jackkin, who is a podcaster and an arts reviewer. If you've been taking in digital exhibitions, if you'd like to share some recommendations with us, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chandana. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, follow Chandana on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.